Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're going to talk to Craig Bowlerjack coming up here momentarily. He's a real pro, Gordon, a pro bowler, if you will. Nice. It's good that you can laugh at your own, your, yourself. <laughs> On my own what? Where were you going there? The, the fact that you happened to misunderstand something that everybody else understood. Or was it basically uh, uh, um, written down poorly so that I would misunderstand? <laughs> You're going to blame Lloyd, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am going to blame Lloyd, especially because in that, we don't need to go down this road, but especially because I asked him, I said, what does this have to, what does bowling have to do with football? And he just ignored it. He's like, whatever, play the clip. Wasn't even listening. Well, I, I, he assumed, you know, uh, that you would get it. It was a compliment to you that ended up undeserved. Wow, what a spin! Wow, that was the meanest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> that was like that was off. That 100, was hundred miles an hour towards good, and then hundred miles an hour no breaks towards <laughs> and bad. By the way, ten times meaner than when you said to him in the last segment. Ten times yeah. meaner. Yeah, that was. And, I mean, the transmission of this show just got shot. Seriously. Because we didn't even apply the bricks. Let's talk to Bowler. Let's you know, get out. I really like you. Not. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the uh, television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend Craig Bowler. Jack Bowler, what's happening? Guys, what's wrong with you three? <laughs> we're all we're all on edge, Gordon and or uh, Bowler, and Gordon continues to take personal shots. There's been a lot of feelings hurt on the show today. Wait, wait, wait Man. a minute. Who 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 absorbed on and wow, wow, Bowler, Bowler, who absorbed the personal shot in the last segment and just kept uh, well, on going? Me? Yeah, yeah, me. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, a little, a little. Yeah. Or what do you think when you walk into a store and you see people not wearing masks? Like, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, this isn't a big political issue. Let's just take care of each other. How about that? Uh, that's perfectly said. And if you don't wear the mask, then you don't give a flying rip about anybody. Well, you, 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 I tell you what, with the news the last couple of days, I'm a little bit more on edge than I was, let's say, this time last week when we talked. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? uh, uh, Bowler, let's let's transition there a little bit because uh, Florida is another hot spot for the coronavirus, and that's exactly where the NBA is heading. But we've we've read about the bubble and the details that's going into it. Do they, have they taken uh, enough precautions to uh, alleviate some of those concerns in your mind? Well, uh, you know, on paper, it sounds like a, a, a really detailed plan. But then again, the unknown that none of us can predict is always out there, Jake. I mean, in anything we do every day. And, you know, it's still a risk. And I think players and, and ownership, uh, everyone involved has to realize that. But also it's about, you know, 
financial gain and financial stability for all. And then, of course, how do you want to take the chance of going down there? You know, what is it now? Uh, Jokic can't. Uh, he, he's he's positive overseas in Serbia. Uh, Trevor Ariza decided on personal issues with visiting a son uh, that that won't participate. I mean, the numbers. I think tomorrow. What? Yeah, tomorrow is the deadline to alert uh, teams what your status will be, uh, whether or not you'll attend uh, the bubble in Orlando or not. So there may be a few more guys that will uh, make their their names known, and we'll go from there. But I'll tell you this: that when you really break it down and study it, it's an incredible commitment, mentally and physically, uh, and also for families that are involved. But you know, it's uh, and I know guys. Everyone, the other side of this argument is, well, look, it's okay. The guys make millions of dollars, but it doesn't take away the fact they're human. They still have fear, uh, they still have family to think of, and I get it. But you know what? They also have the option without punishment, as far as I understand. Still, they can give up eight paychecks if they want. And um, some are better financially able to do that than others uh, because we know what the pace the pace scale is from one to twelve on a on a team roster. Uh, so I, you know, I'm kind of at a point where I can't even predict or say much anymore because it has to happen right before we really get a good feel of Adam Silver's plan and the one that both the, uh, the the Board of Governors and the Players Association gave the thumbs up to. So I, I hope for the best because I want to play. I mean, I want to be involved in basketball. I want to call games. I'm trying not to be selfish, but it's just like everybody wants to work. But also it has to be under the right circumstance, and you just hope that it works out. Have you heard any whisper or any hint of any jazz player refusing to go? No, not a whisper, not a hint. Uh, you know, the, the the players, except for Bogdanovich, reportedly, uh, from what I understand through uh, the grapevine, is that uh, reported, uh, you know, yesterday, Bogey obviously won't uh, be with the team because of the wrist surgery. But, no, no indication that any of the Jazz will fall out or take the option not to participate. But then again, you've got a 24-hour period, and, a lot of things can happen in that in that uh, you know 24 hour time frame. But from all indications, uh, the Jazz are are back and preparing for that uh, that journey to Orlando. Craig Bullerjack is uh, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we found out a detail today, Bowler, that there is going to be an insurance policy for career-ending injuries uh, at the bubble down there in Orlando, and that reportedly was kind of one of Donovan Mitchell's concerns. Yes. I, thought that was, I thought that was a big and probably not cheap step that the NBA took today. Well, I would totally agree. It was probably one of the final steps they had to agree with the Players Association, Jake, to make this thing really go. I mean, they haven't played since March, uh, the 11th of March, and now you're trying to get back into shape, maybe quicker than some want, uh, but yet they're giving them time, uh, in reality, about, what, five weeks or more to, 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 to get together, to go through testing, uh, to get on the floor, play some, you know, some scrimmages, and then you get back into alleged, you know, or semi-regular season play with those eight games. But you know what, though, I, I think I get it. But you know, there's a fear of career-ending injury every time you play, 
and you know ask a multitude of players i mean it, it can happen stepping off a sidewalk and popping an achilles i mean you just never know but you want to have the best opportunity you know i understand where, where donovan's going with this is in case something of this nature occurs in such an, a different time then these players are protected uh in, in case you know they, they can't come back and play uh, you know, a career-ending injury in these days have to be very serious because of the great technology surgically to put Achilles and ACLs back together. And you've seen some players make some uh, incredible, you know, recoveries from those. I mean, I didn't think Paul George would play, to be honest with you. I haven't seen KD yet play. But yet, again, with the therapies and the surgical procedures they have today, um, most guys have an opportunity at least to come back. Paul, well, we're speaking of Donovan. What did you what do you make of his uh, more vocal position on social issues? And uh, do you see this as leadership on his part? You know, you wrote a I thought a very strong, poignant to the point column uh, on uh, was it posted I think in the paper this morning or it was online when I read it last night. And you know, I it's 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 to the point, Gordon. Uh, I'm not blowing smoke your way we've been friends for too long but yet i thought it was a very poignant to the point uh commentary by you um, i think the state needs that type of leadership from a player uh that's willing to put himself out there and even take the criticism that he's he's made known that he's taken he's lost followers i've lost followers on twitter i'm sure jake i'm not sure where you are on that and you know uh, Austin and Gordo, but you know what? Everybody has a different opinion. But you know what? I respect his voice, and I think that's the most important thing. I'm still in that mode of listening and learning, and I've learned a lot from Donovan just by what he's trying to say uh, to the fans, not only in Utah but around the NBA. I mean, this message is just not Salt Lake, even though I know we all have to listen, and we should. Uh, but it's also throughout the country that these messages are being sent out to, and hopefully you know, people are listening and learning. Yeah, and Bowler, I really appreciated Ed Davis's words when he gave that interview to, to Hoops Hype, which I think was either last week or, or a couple of weeks ago, that you know you, you can voice your opinion. It's important to voice your opinion. You don't have to be a distraction. You can be a, a part of it. And this NBA situation is going to get a lot of exposure. There will be a lot of chance to, to get your message out, and I'm, I'm with you both. I, I like that Donovan's expressing his opinion, and he can be a leader on this issue in this community, and I, I I like that. I'm with you both on that. What do, what do you both think about this? Because we've all been in this business, you know, for quite a while and, you know, salty veterans or what have you. But, you know, when I first started, sport was just basically sport. And the talk was nothing but the game. And I think fans sometimes, in fact, I think now it's even more so and the anger becomes even at a higher level with social media. Don't you believe that because many believe they cannot be political, but this has become political for the world of sports. And I didn't think it would ever come to this personally when I first got into the business. But in reality, we started seeing, you know, drug abuse and we saw domestic issues among some athletes. And now we get into Black Lives Matters right in the middle of a of a of, of COVID-19 and the pandemic. I mean, there's a multitude of things here. 
that that man i never thought i would cover is my point and i think the social media part of it on twitter can anger fans who just want to be entertained and not have to worry about the political part of the game and the individuals who play i mean is that part of the problem here that we're dealing with i i just i i think players have become more they they can communicate more easily with people via social media. They they have these opinions because uh, there's so much going on in the world, and maybe something has always been going on in the world, and 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 we haven't heard those voices as uh, as clearly as we hear them now. Uh, but I I for one believe that. Uh, these athletes and coaches and others can have a, have a real positive effect on the world around them because of their high-profile positions. And I would never tell any of them not to express their opinions. Bowler, whether they agree with me or you or Jake or yeah. whoever, you know, it's, 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 a, it's healthy to discuss these things as long as they can be discussed in a manner that isn't destructive. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, Jake, the point I was trying to make is exactly that. I think we were in a position in a time where those voices weren't heard and that everybody just said, keep politics out of sports. You can't do that now. And I think that's the, that's the issue. And, and, I, and for me and for fans, as, as we need to listen, and that's what I've been doing. And also I think, you know, you cannot become so, in, I guess, enraged that a player – uh, wants to speak about his life the way that uh, he's been treated throughout his career. And money doesn't really, for me, it, it just, you've got to put that aside. You know, the, 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 the salaries that are, yes, astronomical, but yet they're, they're an athlete that with incredible skills and obviously bode well for, for teams and the way that, you know, fans on a nightly basis spend money for jerseys, concessions, and, and ticket sales, etc. It's a very complicated issue. But in reality, the voices want to be heard, and that's what's happening now. Bowler, is there a, a question or a storyline with this Jazz team you're most looking forward to being answered or most curious about? Well, there's one that jumps out first, Mike Conley, and how he responds to ball handling without Bogdanovich. And has he really found the comfort zone and the understanding of the Quinn Snyder system running alongside Donovan Mitchell? Because, you know, as we all have talked about in Memphis, he was a pick-and-pop guy with, uh, with Gasol, Mark Gasol, and now he comes to a team where multiple guys, including Joe Ingles, handles the ball on multiple occasions up and down the floor. So I think I, – I, and plus he's healthy as far as we know. I think he feels good about himself. He won the horse competition – Look, that may not sound like a big deal, but for me, I thought it was a, a, a great thing for Conley to be out there, uh, you know, front and foremost representing the Jazz. And I hope it brings him confidence, and I think he's healthy. And I think, again, working with Quinn via Zoom and looking at film, uh, Jake, I think he's got to be really the trigger guy to help offensively. I think he'll – He'll take more shots. The Jazz need those shots to go in, mid-range or threes. And the other storyline probably is, again, Joe back as a starter. He'll get more looks uh, taking those shots that Bogdanovich would have taken, um, you know, in that rotation. 
and also just how the Jazz are going to run the second unit if Conley still plays minutes with Jordan Clarkson. Uh, all those things come into play. Does Moutier get a couple looks more than he did, uh, you know, after the first of the year? And, of course, Royce O'Neal and his ability to, to produce from the three-point line and George Niang. You know, guys, is this going to be a three-point shootout in these, in these eight games in the playoffs? Or teams gonna, is it going to be green light? Uh, or is it going to be more defensive-minded as well? That's something that intrigues me, too, of how well these players are in shape who's going to be able to run better than other teams and wear other teams out, and who's really more focused, you know, along this uh, potentially 40- to 70-day venture, you know, in, in Orlando. That's an, I should say. that's an interesting question, Bowler, because we were talking with Chris Mannix uh, the other day, yesterday, and he was saying that he thinks the three-point shots will be less efficient than they were earlier when, when teams have been playing. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, then that would that would hurt teams who like to like to pop it from long range. The heave ho game, yeah, it really yeah. would. That that includes the Damian Lillards and the uh, you know CJ McCollum's who are trying to you know find their way into an eighth spot or above. Um, and if that three ball doesn't go in, and for the Jazz, I mean the mid range game. I know analytics people, you know spin their heads around when you talk about the two-point shot, but it still has effective. It still is a, it's, it's two. I know it's not three. And, of course, Rudy's rim, you know, his game at the rim um, is obviously going to be important as well. And I don't know, Jake and, and Gordon, just how quick do they come together? I mean, you know, when Conley joined the team, we all said it takes time to get on the same page. I think that was used to, through the first 20 to 25 games. In all reality, the best team that's going to hit the floor running has the best opportunity to pull off that first-round upset and beyond, right? And I think that's the other part that intrigues me so much when we call these games is to see who really is connected and who, who decided to come together and take this, this uh, again, adventure uh, seriously and are really going to be engaged to win a championship. Uh, others may be looking ahead just to say, okay, uh, it is what it is. I want to get home. I want to be safe. And I can get that too. But who's going to lead and who's going to say, follow me and let's get this job done and hopefully stay safe in the, in the meantime. But scary proposition. There's no doubt. And it's, uh, I think we're going to maybe see a surprise winner by, by the time October rolls around. Well, it's getting closer, Bowler. I think we're all uh, excited to, to see a little NBA basketball again. Yeah, less than 30 days, man, and uh, there's a lot a lot of things to do between now and then. Boy, a lot of testing, uh, getting to Orlando, setting up the bubble, Jake. I can't imagine being inside of it. Um, we're going to be on the outside looking in, right? But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be there uh, the entire journey. Uh, I'd love to be there. I don't know if I could handle the 70 days, uh, to be honest, but it's it's going to be a, a, a huge challenge. And uh, I hope fans uh, will understand. It may take a, a little bit of a jump start to get this thing back in gear, but these guys are all pros and uh, extremely talented. It's going to be, uh, I think, quite a ride. I really do. Well, we appreciate you, Bowler. Thanks for jumping on. Hey, guys, thanks. We'll talk soon. Take care of yourselves. Back at you, Bowler.
The one and only Craig Bowlerjack with us on uh, the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of questions, but uh, we're going to get our answers here pretty quick. And I, I think the NBA is being responsible in the ramp up to the uh, to, to the games. I, 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 there's no foolproof way to prepare these guys, especially guys that haven't had an opportunity to be active. But I assume most of them are young enough to be able to get back in shape over the course of a month. Jake, uh, that, that just seems... That seems reasonable, doesn't it? It does. I, I I think so. In fact, I've been pretty comfortable with the time frame they've operated under. And yeah, I think the NBA, for the most part, has has handled this just fine. Yeah. So, boy, wouldn't that be horrible to see someone get injured in practice or in in these uh, or double ping pong eight games? Yeah. <laughs> Got to take every precaution, Jake. Every precaution. I'm sorry. It, Have it you just, ever been hurt playing ping pong? Uh, no, but our good friend Ryan Hatch, I watched him blow out his elbow playing ping pong once. He blew out his elbow? Yeah, he tore like, I don't know what he tore. He tore a ligament or something in his elbow. He had like a bad case of tennis elbow and then decided to play ping pong and it, it gave way. Well, uh <laughs> I, I, he must have been really serious about it, uh, winning that uh, that ping pong game. Oh, Hatch was a great ping pong player. Uh, Gordon, you were a good ping pong player. I, I dare say Hatch was a bit better than you. Maybe, maybe not now, but back in his day, he was he was really good. What do you mean back in his day? How about back in my day? Okay, but I haven't seen you back in your day. I've seen you currently, and you're a fine ping pong player. You haven't you haven't seen me. Uh, you, you didn't. Uh, it's hard to judge unless you go face to face. We've whacked the ping pong ball around before. That's how I know you're a good ping pong player. We've played. Don't you remember? When was that, by the way? Oh, it was at a remote. What remote was it where they had a ping pong table and you and I played during the break? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was pretty good back in my day. and I'm not as good now as I was, but uh, I grew up playing ping pong. Man, we had a ping pong table. At the house, and I used to play all the time. I feel pretty confident I'd get you in foosball, though. Uh, I don't know. I was pretty good at that, too. Any hand-eye coordination thing I was good at, but... Uh, Honk. Uh, Where's the honks on that? No, I, I'm not just saying that I was better than you. I don't I don't know. We would only know if we actually... No, you just said, uh, you no, know, I was good at anything that requires hand-eye coordination. Well, there were many <laughs> things that I wasn't so good at, so... <laughs> Whatever. All right, stay tuned. We'll get to uh, Drop of the Day coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. All right, Gordo, big important step today with the NBA, and it's uh, advancing to returning. Uh, The NBA and the NBA PA finalized terms of the revised CBA for the Orlando restart. It's basically all all the details that we learned about last week. We did learn an additional one, though. The NBA and NBA PA have agreed to put into place an enhanced insurance plan for players in Orlando that will cover career ending injuries related to COVID-19 or conventional basketball injuries. Uh, The uh, policy, the group policy would cover players for several million dollars. I think that was actually that's that's a grand gesture, Gordon, on the NBA's. Yeah, 
And yeah, I think so too. And I don't know how much that cost, but it probably was an expensive thing to incorporate in. But you know, you got to protect the players, and you got to make the players feel comfortable uh, getting back at it. Nuggets uh, All-Star Nikola Jokic has tested positive for the coronavirus in Serbia, meaning his return to the United States to rejoin his team has been temporarily delayed. And that is another Back to Basketball update brought to you by our good friends at Zions Bank. yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you will know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Big show. This one goes out to Tanner on a Total Request Tuesday. Songs about small towns. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Drop the Day. Also known as sounds (laughs) of various clips. Is that the song from... uh, from uh, Napoleon Dynamite or something? Exactly. Is it? So it's not necessarily a song about a small town, but that movie is about a small town. Isn't that Jamiroquai? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. I like Jamiroquai. I wouldn't know them if they were in this room. Really? Yep. They had a really good music video in the late late 90s. What was the name of that song? Canned Heat, I believe. I don't know. That song we just heard, no? No, it was a different one. Their biggest hit was a different one. Hmm. Well, we'll have to pick Jamiroquai for uh, Band of the Day. One of these days. Anywho, it's time for Drop of the Day. Austin has found a funny clip of a weather person who uh, thinks they're recording something, but they're really live. The heat and humidity are back for the weekend with a chance of more storms beginning on Friday. I'm so hungry. My stomach is so uh, rumbly, rumbly. <laughs> we can relate to that, can't we? It's just really funny that that's what he'd say. That that that's what he say, rumbly tumbly. That that's something, something that, like that he uses in his everyday vernacular. When was the last time you you said that, Gordon? Like, ooh, I'm hungry. A rumbly and my tumbly. <laughs> I don't can't remember the last time I used those. Got a hungry. Got a rumbly and my tumbly. That's really funny. <laughs> That's, that's the heat really and fun. humidity are back for the weekend with a chance of more storms beginning on Friday. <laughs> uh, I'm so hungry. My stomach is so uh, rumbly, rumbly. Rumbly, bumbly. Sounds like Jack Black. <laughs> now, if someone does that, I hope they got his permission to, to uh, release it. Because there's a, certain tr- there's a certain trust. Uh. What are you talking about? That went out on live television, right? Oh, that's, that's the right. whole thing. It, it was okay, it was live right. when. But 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 to uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it's, it's available to everybody. I mean, what, what trust there? Yeah, somebody <laughs> hit pause on their DVR. Well, I, I was just thinking about as that happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was thinking though, Austin has a lot of stuff that he could use probably if he wanted to that we say. That may not go over the air, but is available to him and not to anyone else. And yet you aren't nice to me. Right. <laughs> and and I, I get your point. However, here, totally not applicable. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it, was, it was out there for everybody. Yeah, it'd be like you oh. uh, off on one of your crazy not sports reports and then blaming Austin for somebody, you know, picking out a clip. Oh, I'm so. But he didn't. He didn't know that was going out. 
No. <laughs> he did not know. He, uh, he so later it, said he got on TV after the break and told viewers he hadn't eaten all morning and was sorry. He, You know, I mean, who was it who said that a microphone is, is you know, like a loaded weapon? It's, it's in the just Bible. there. <laughs> that was Lloyd. But uh, that mic is always in front of us, isn't it? It is. All right, there you go. There's your drop of the day. We'll have more Big Show for you coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That's right. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This one was selected by me on a Total Request Tuesday. Songs about small towns. Want to remind you, we're going to be out at the warehouse on Thursday, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. That might be my favorite. Nice selection there, Jake. Thank you, Gordon. That might be my favorite Simon and Garfunkel song. That's a good one. There's a long list of good ones. Let me ask you this. Simon and Garfunkel or Paul Simon Solo? Oh man, that is that is a tough one because uh, Paul Simon has done some. That Graceland CD was one of my all-time favorites. Uh, hey, why do you say but, CD? I have it on vinyl. Oh well, sorry. That's all right. And don't I don't only ever, offend us record collectors. Yeah, I only ever saw it on a CD. Um, but uh, is Simon Garfunkel hard to beat? I, I think I got to go with the duo. Yeah, I think so too, but it is close. Can you think it of is. and I know there's an example or several out there. Can you think of liked better solo than in a band? Uh maybe some people liked uh, Phil Collins uh, better than they liked Genesis. It was pretty much all bad, but yeah, that might be that might be a good example. What, what about you, uh, you, you, wait, wait, wait. You didn't like Phil Collins? Or Genesis really, just not my thing. Oh, uh, what, what Justin about Justin Timberlake did really well? That's what I was going to say. Justin Timberlake is probably one of the better examples out there. But, you know, Robert, Robert Plant's had a good solo career, but not better than Zeppelin, right? No, no way. Uh, man, we're forgetting somebody because there's somebody who's just absolutely stepped out. And How about, how about, Mike, how about Michael Sting? Jackson? Sting? Oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Hard to beat that one. Yep. Sting? Sting? Yeah, I'd, I'd still say I like the police better, I think. Okay. All right. That's an interesting thing to think about. Paul Simon and Simon and Garfunkel, that's close, though. You know, at least uh, you know Garfunkel made that big mistake of, of not just uh, hanging on to those coattails. That's, uh, <laughs> Austin and I have talked about this before. That's why uh, Oates... Or is it Hall? Oates is the he, Oates is the smart one, right? That he's like, yeah, Daryl Hall can do whatever he wants. I'm just here to, you know, make that good money. <laughs> it, yeah, didn't he? He admitted that publicly, didn't he? Oh I yeah, think he several has, yeah. hundred times. Yeah, right. he was the mustache, and that was all he was. Yeah. Right, but he's a legend. <laughs> he knew four chords on the bass guitar. And on, that was it. On kind of a similar note, <laughs> can I? Chords. Can I uh, bring this up? Which, uh, by the way, you don't play chords on a bass, but I do. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I don't play the bass. This is kind of similar, actually. This is a story I wanted to get to today, Gordon, because this is something that I've been saying for a long time. Just because a job is one higher in college football, just because a head coaching job is one higher paying or two higher profile does not necessarily make it a good job. All right. You ready? Ready okay. for this uh, latest example? All there right. was uh, a report in. Let's see here. BannerSociety.com, where the author talked to uh, an SEC assistant uh, football coach talking about uh, Mark Stoops. 
Um, and he said this, quote, have you ever seen Mark's contract? Mark has the best bleeping deal in the country, unquote. He was talking about how uh, Mark Stoops makes $4.6 million a year at Kentucky, which is a pretty nice sum, but adds this. Every time Kentucky wins seven games in the regular season, Stoops' contract is automatically extended by one year. I, I said this about Bronco Mendenhall, that UVA might be the best job in the country for the same reason as Kentucky. You're making big league money, and the expectations are extraordinarily low. You win six games at UVA and they'll they'll throw a parade for you. You'll never be fired. <laughs> never. You you win six games at at Florida State and they can't pay enough money to get rid of you. Yeah, I guess it depends on how much of a gambler you want to be because if you want the top drawer stuff, then you reach for the, the stars, but if you don't follow through with it, then you're toast. And you are toast. That's true for every NFL job, isn't it? But at the college level, you're really smart and savvy to do exactly what you just described, Jake, because then you can name your terms and uh, and have one heck of a long career if you want it. Like Stu Moyle, I always thought of this about him. He loved it in Logan. He liked it at Utah State. I don't know specifics. Maybe others would have if he was offered other jobs or something like that. But mm-hmm. he was perfectly content uh, because he was happy there. Should we criticize a coach for not uh, saying, "Oh, you should be going after the big jobs"? I mean, I think no. And then he to... didn't. Then he didn't want to play any of the difficult uh, non-conference teams either, right? Right. Which I get that that criticism against him, I suppose. But I still think Stu Morrow was a great coach who could have probably written his ticket to a number of other big, high-profile basketball programs, but he stayed where he wanted to be. Now, with with Kentucky and UVA, I think it's a little bit different because you're kind of cheating the system, right? You're making that good P5 dough, but you don't have to win at a big-time program clip? Like, how many coaches— if you're playing in a tough league, though, you got to go up against those teams every year. But how many and coaches I, in the Pac-12 are making $4.6 million? And he barely has to win any games. <laughs> he has to have a, a decent season once in a while, and that dude will be in Kentucky, at Kentucky for decades. It's the best job ever. Uh, you can kind of hide behind the basketball program, right? Totally. <laughs> same with UVA. You could absolutely hide behind those programs and just say, I don't pay attention over here. Just just pay me my 4.6 mil, and I'll deliver anywhere from five to eight wins, and we'll all be happy. Let's think about that for a minute. You know, when you consider what Bronco Mendenhall was making at BYU versus what he's making now. And you with, could argue the pressure was more at yeah, BYU. Yes, yes yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree. Sorry, I didn't that. mean to jump on you there. I, no, we, we're on on sync there. I was finishing no. your sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It's a strong point. I, I wonder if there's an agent out there that has those particular situations circled. You know, the problem is the jobs don't come available because <laughs> if there's a decent one there, he's he's fitting the bill. So interesting that uh, other coaches are aware of that. You know. <laughs> Although you look at somebody like Willie Taggart, who they paid, what did he end up making from Florida State for coaching one season? Didn't he make oh, something like 18 million lot. bucks? That was a whole lot, yep. You know, Ooh. so that's nice, too. He got it all up front, one lump sum. But if you were Mark Stoops and you're an okay coach and you had an opportunity to go to a bigger program, I might think about passing, too. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine right where I am. Here in Kentucky, I yeah. could be average and keep this job forever. 
Lavelle uh, admitted to as much uh, in his thinking and staying at BYU when the Detroit Lions came along and offered him a three-year deal. And he he said he he really thought about it, but he said if he had taken that job, he would have been unemployed uh, at some point. Now, he didn't really know how long he would have lasted, but eventually you're going to get fired. You're going to get fired at that level, unless you're freaking Bill Belichick or something. But, I mean, Bronco Mendenhall has been okay at UVA. How long is that dude going to have a job there? As long as he wants. Pretty much. Making 3.5, is that what it right, is? Right, probably whatever. getting raises. Yeah. What if Kalani yeah. starts winning a high clip? You think he'll leave? I do. Probably. You think Man, so? that's, probably. A really, that's a really good question. It, because it's such a personal decision. And just because other people are motivated by the, the big dollars doesn't mean that everybody is. And Because BYU is kind of, oh, I don't want to call it the worst of both worlds, but you, you don't get paid as much and the pressure is relatively high because the fan base is has well i'll call them delusions of grandeur a little bit that have been sort of tamped down lately but if if kalani could have a a job that doubled his salary and was less pressure i would think that he'd consider that for sure what if it was a coordinator job and doubled his money Uh uh-huh I don't know if that job exists, but I'd consider it. Sure. Why not? He, he can't. As a coordinator, he's not going to make more than he's making at BYU, I don't think. Even well, at, like, Alabama? Well, he well, could make more, but double. Yeah. I mean, what are the, guy, what are the guys made? What was Dave Aranda making down at LSU? Was like he, a million uh, bucks, over a million bucks. Well, we have an example here locally. Jay Hill, allegedly, reportedly, was offered the D.C. job at Utah uh, when uh, it came open when... Was it when Kalani left or John P. stepped? No, it was when Kalani left. Uh, he had the opportunity to go back to the University of Utah for more pay, but he wanted to be the head guy and stayed at Weber because he's obviously happy there, too. Yeah, and so. they handled his personal life really gently and kindly when his wife oh super supported and all that stuff and that meant a lot to the whole family i think so too Mm -hmm. see and that just goes to show you that everyone's got a little bit of a different reason and i like that i i I, if everyone is just chasing the biggest the biggest paycheck that i mean i like it when guys have other reasons and uh, i admire that you are all my reasons gordon uh, see, I'm, oh, man, I'm... don't hit me with my favorite movie <laughs> line of all time as it as as I apply it to the way I feel about my own wife. See, just to oh. put a wrap on this, if it, I would be just like Bronco and Stoops, I'd be looking for the highest payday with the lowest amount of pressure possible. <laughs> that's the sweet spot. That's the yeah, job. That's the there, job I'm looking for. There is one trap door in that, though. If you are really successful, you can booby trap that. If you establish a certain amount of success and then tail off, mm, I don't know if you can sustain that uh, security. Okay, I got you. But one, at a place like Kentucky or UVA, it would take you a long time to get there. <laughs> and thus, that would be the next guy's problem, not yours. Okay, wait a second. So if you, if you did really well for three years and then the next three years were below average, I, I think you might... Uh, you might be the victim of your own success. I don't know. It depends on where you're at. Because th- think about it this way. Gary Croden had one good year at BYU, and it took three years to fire him. And that was at BYU where the pressure is high. 
So yeah. if you uh, if you built something special in three years, it take it take them a decade to get rid of you at UVA. <laughs> well, Jake, maybe you should become an agent. Start calling uh, coaching candidates and say, "Look, okay, this is right now. I don't care who else comes knocking. Just forget about those and head straight on over to places like Kentucky and Virginia." Exactly. That's right. Do you <laughs> they want are to... paid. They are getting paid a lot of money. Holy cow! You wouldn't even have to last that long, and you'd have generational money. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so if, my, if it were me and somebody said, hey, you want the USC job? Absolutely not. You want the Kentucky <laughs> job? 100%. Let's do this. Let's get this thing down. That's because you're not, you don't, you're not ambitious, Jake. You don't, you don't, you don't reach for the stars. What are you talking about reaching for the stars? I want to keep my job, man. Yeah, but if you go to USC and you win, you're going to be king of the world. Yeah, well. After you sacrifice every moral you've ever had to get there, then sure, enjoy being king of the world. You mean like they do at Vautech? I don't know what you're talking about. Frank Beamer walks on water, Gordon. Yeah, I just I just wanted to throw that in there since you were talking about UVA the whole time, and you are a huge uh, hey, it, pa- it, it It pains me to say that UVA is the perfect college football job, but it really is the perfect college football job for bad reasons, so I feel all right about it. Like, like they're what? so crappy that you just have to win a little bit to stay there forever. <laughs> Makes it the okay. perfect job. You just have to do a little better than the last guy, and the last guy really sucked. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Career advice. Just call Jake. Yeah, just find, <laughs> find out when you're interviewing for a job, just say, hey, how well did the guy who had the or gal who had the job before me, how well did they do? <laughs> They were really bad? Oh, terrific. Well, this, Sign is, me up. this is the job for me. I'm and, your guy. And I'll tell you this. I'm going to do just a bit better than they did. <laughs> it's like running up. from a bear. You don't have to outrun the bear. <laughs> right. Yeah, outrun the other You guy. just have to be a little better than your predecessor. How bad was the person before that had this job? Were they just terrible? <laughs> they were? Perfect. Sign me up. <laughs> All if right. you get a big, if you get a bunch of money, you can extend it for winning six or seven games. Heck, man, sweet, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, I'm not getting paid per win. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. More next, oh, 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, I'm looking forward to going home because I'm hungry. And I've got a, how <laughs> rumbly, did that guy do? Rumbly, rumbly, bumbly. rumbly, bumbly tummy or whatever that uh, that guy said. So. What's on the menu tonight, Jake? Um, I don't know, actually. I'm not hmm. sure. Maybe I might be going home to cook. We'll find out. Well, you are a uh, talented man who uh, is up for any challenge. What? Or are you, are you just going to stop off at the easiest place to pick something up? No, I don't think I'll do that. I think we'll we'll get home and figure it out. I, I would. My wife probably has something in mind. What is what is being prepared for you tonight? I do not know. But I I would imagine that since Sadie has shown up, do you guys eat healthier than you once did? Uh, I don't know if that's changed just because of her. I mean, we try to <laughs> keep her properly fed, I suppose. What are you getting at? <laughs> properly fed. 
No, I just wondered if that had made any kind of difference. Well, in, in fact, actually, I'll, I'll tell you this: not to, not to, uh, you know, violate my daughter's HIPAA rights or anything, but the the uh, <laughs> she's a little bit on the light side, and in fact, the doctor told us that we need to give her like real butter, for example, and and foods that are a little bit, you know, some healthier fats, more conducive to gaining weight. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, no, we're not. In fact, Gordon, how dare you insinuate that I would put my daughter's health in jeopardy by giving her kale or something? <laughs> you wouldn't want to set that no. as any kind of example, would you? No. In fact, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm supporting her when I eat you know, fried foods. <laughs> okay. We're having a, a, an opposite, similar situation in our house. Our daughter will not eat solid fruits or vegetables, so we've gone back to the, the puree. Uh, baby food, yeah. and we're getting judged <laughs> for that. And I'm like, well, it's this or Top Ramen. Yeah, what, <laughs> what would you like me to do? No, I'm with you. Whatever whatever it takes for her to eat. You know, the, the pouches with the applesauce, you probably get a lot less judgy from that. Yes, but she won't eat it out of the pouch. I have to drip it out into a bowl and then spoon feed it. Oh. How did, top, how did Top Ramen get such a bad name? Because it's made so. of styrofoam. <laughs> it's maybe one of the worst things you can put in your body. Oh, bite, bite your tongue. I love Top Ramen. It's delicious. That's amazing. But it's Wait a terrible minute. What's, for you. What's, what's, why? What's the matter with these noodles? That's, styrofoam. Yeah, it's it's probably all empty carbs and salt. I think <laughs> I think the uh, <laughs> I think the one bag of Top Ramen co- covers your salt intake for like a week. For uh, your thirties, yeah, right. so, a lot of salt. <laughs> Does uh, do the kids, do your uh, daughters, uh, do they like like hot, chopped up hot dogs or anything like oh, that? Sure. Because that that's uh, you're supposed to. Well, uh, how do we say that? Measure that out a little bit, right? Not make it a regular thing. I'll I'll tell you a funny thing that we do with our daughter, which or, or a funny instance. So we we have this thing we call. We call it the no thank you bite. So she has to take a bite of something before she can say no thank you because she immediately rejects food all the time. We say, uh-huh. all right, well, you have to take a no thank you bite, right? So you have oh, to at least so try clever. it. So, but, but then I'll have to do it. But what's funny about it is to see her take a bite and realize that she really likes it. It should be like, nope, nope, nope. And we're like, just take a no thank you bite. And she'll be like, oh, that's good. And the next thing you know, it's that, that happened to her with Funyuns, of all things. Like, here, oh, try, yeah. a, try a Funyun. No, 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 no. Thank you, bite with the Funyun. And then all of a sudden, now I mean, like I think you know, half her meals are, are Funyuns, which of it's, course I'm not. It, I'm just kidding. It is remarkable what parents come up with to get their kids to actually partake. I know it's it's a challenge. All right, Gordo, have a great evening, my friend. I'll uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. You too. Everybody, stay safe out there. Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty, the Zone.